Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. We're all be coming to you every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Every week, I'll bring you encouragement to see God working all things together for good, from scriptures to devotional excerpts to song lyrics to personal examples from my journey through redemption and restoration. Joining this community on a regular basis, where it's okay to be real and throw off our masks of perfection, will not only encourage you, but will motivate and stir your hearts and just possibly leave you forever changed. In times like this, we all need to be encouraged as we face the challenges, difficulties, and losses of this life. So I look forward to growing right along with you in authenticity and transparency as we endeavor to find the faithfulness of God in our everyday lives. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more people are able to find the encouragement you're about to hear. Each episode is broadcast on my YouTube channel before it's converted and brought to you in this audio format. If you'd like to get in on the fun and giveaways at my YouTube home, join me over there at Athena Dean Holtz for even more encouragement. So, hey, let's get started. Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast, where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. So today we are talking again, this is part two, on the root of rejection with Shelly Brown. And she's going to talk today about some practical steps to overcome. And you do not want to miss this. This is the wrap up of our topic on rejection, and it is going to be powerful. So, hey, if you get something out of this podcast. I would love it if you would go to Apple and do a review on there. That seems to help the algorithms and it just helps for the actual podcast to pop up when people are searching for faith-based podcasts. So if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please forward the link to them and we just hope you'll be encouraged by the message today. So let's get started. All right. Well, welcome back, Shelly Brown to Redeemed and Restored. It's great to have you on for part two of what we started last week. Yes. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. I've been, I've been excited yes. for this. Well, the topic of rejection mm. is so huge yeah. and so prevalent. Yeah. It just it blows my mind when I begin to even connect dots that have that at the root. And, uh, mm. and I, you know, just from our conversations, seeing new things and, and relating it back to rejection. So thank you right. so much for being transparent, mm. for telling your story of not only that huge struggle, but also the victory that, that Jesus has brought you. So yeah. Thank there's you. there's a lot you shared more of your uh, family of origin, your childhood, all the rejection that happened there. Let's fast forward to mm. 
here you are full-time ministry. You're doing amazing things for the Lord and you're growing in your faith. Just tell us kind of wherever you want to start. Okay. How rejection continue to rear its ugly head. Yeah, sure. And so I kind of want to almost recap just really briefly uh, from part one, which aired last week. Um, you know, I shared how a door was opened as a child for that seed of rejection to be planted. And uh, and that seed just sprouted a root um, that with, with each offense, with each of each violation, it just went deeper and deeper and deeper. And uh, I had shared how, you know, this was death of my mom being abandoned my, by my father, orphaned, um, unwanted by a pretty large biological family. Uh, they put me up for adoption, made me a ward of the state. Uh, I was neglected, you know, foster care, abuse, all of these things adopted and then rejected by the very mom who chose me. And so yet at the same time, I look back at my life and I can see how God's hand of providence just covered me all through all of those years. Now, after my parents, my adoptive parents divorced uh, when I was 13 and my dad got custody uh, of my brother and me. And that was when he moved us from uh, Pennsylvania to Florida. And when he moved us here, he enrolled us in a private Christian school. Now, my dad is uh, still to this day is an unbeliever. Um, and uh, yet at the same time, he said that when he walked on that campus, and he'll tell anybody to this day, so when I walked on that campus, I knew that's where I was supposed to put you kids. Wow. Yeah. And so God's hand has been on it. So I would spend the next 33 years of my life involved in that ministry, the school there, uh, the church there. I was the 25th year graduating class at that school. And my oldest son was the 50th year graduating class at that school. So my roots went deep there in that ministry. And so during that time, as I was growing up uh, and into my early 20s, um, God put some wonderful women of God in my life. But most often, as I would try to express uh, some and share about my experiences, and uh, it seemed to happen more most of the time when it was like the the anniversary, like the anniversary of my mom's death, I kind of gave myself permission to kind of go there, right? And uh, because I had been told for so long, I wasn't allowed to really go there. So I would have those moments. And when I would try to express that, uh, I was always, almost always met with go away answers and cliches and, and platitudes. And what did those sound like? Yeah, it would look like th this. So Shelly, you just need to trust the Lord more. And I'm like, I know, but how, right? And Shelly, you just need to stop dwelling on the past, right? Um, and another one, this too shall pass, right? And then of course there's scriptures scriptures that would, uh, and, and scripture, it's truth. All of this is truth, right? But one of the biggest scriptures was, and it became a, such a cliche to me, uh, is the Romans 8, 28, Shelley, all things work together for good, you know? Um, and then forget those things, which are behind press forward. So these are all, um, truth, but I was still so traumatized from my past. And instead of helping me heal, their words really just 
kind of reaffirmed what I had uh, learned uh, to do through uh, all of my early years was just to just suck it up and cope. And that just had to make you feel unheard, mm. unworthy, yeah. I mean, like you couldn't even express how you were feeling or you were met with scriptures mm -hmm. that are true, but they're not helpful at a time like right. that. Right. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't feel validated in any way. And um, yeah. And unvalued even more. So it was just um, just one thing on top of the other, on top of the other. And, uh, and these were from very well-meaning, beautiful, you know, women of God in my life. And uh, yet the words did not help me heal because I still had so much pain in my life. And so I, like I said, I just learned to cope and I, I ended up, I was fine. You know, on the outside, I looked like I had it all together. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I continued to grow. I mean, I was in that ministry and God used that ministry to really lay that foundation for me, as I've shared before. And I continued to grow in my love for the Lord, for his word. I uh, ended up serving in women's ministry there, teaching Bible studies, uh, writing and more speaking, and then going out and speaking at women's events and sharing portions of my story and offering hope of Jesus and, uh, and sharing about the true lover of their souls, right? Well, here, the, here was the problem. I was ministering out of my brokenness and I needed for myself what I was speaking about. Mm -hmm. I had all that head knowledge. And, and I, like I said, I think last week, I believed it for everyone else, but for me. And, you know, I knew in my head that God loved me, but I just couldn't receive it for myself. Mm -hmm. Well, and part of it had to be because you were never able to even verbalize how all of that was making you feel, even right. now as a believer, where you're supposed to be all good, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine, right? We're all good. <laughs> Everything's fine. And so we put on that mask mm. and we do it. We're women sitting in churches all across America and really around the world that are sitting in churches today who are still wounded and broken, have brokenness in their lives. And I don't like to say that we're broken because if we're a believer, we are we are not broken, but we have brokenness in our hearts and in our lives that still need tending to. And um, so I had mentioned in last week in, the, in part one that I had experienced a whole lot of healing in my life. And I just want to touch on that real briefly, and then we'll come, probably come back around to uh, to the deliverance uh, and more answers really about overcoming and being delivered from from rejection once and for all. Yes. But the healing, you know, it came as a result and quite ironically, as a result of my world falling apart uh, at that point in my life. And this was the everything began to kind of implode and explode uh, the week of my 40th birthday. And it was up to at that point, it was really the most painful years of my adult life. I had a pretty um, sweet uh, adult life, uh, a marriage. Um, a, we had a great family. I had three beautiful children. And um, so I had didn't really have a whole lot of pain. We had some things that had transpired. But Throughout my entire adult life, this was the, the most painful um, time. And I had experienced much betrayal and loss. 
And um, so it was just a couple of years into that painful journey where I just couldn't see any end or the light at the end of the tunnel. And I was having a particularly uh, rough day. And I found myself face down on my bedroom floor and I was just crying out to God. And I, I prayed a prayer of like, at that point it was like ultimate surrender and it really was a dangerous prayer. So be careful, you know, what you pray for, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's what I prayed. I said, okay, Lord, take me through whatever you need to take me through, but whatever you do, don't let me be the same when I get through this journey. Whoa. Yeah. Now that's, that's a prayer. It is. And you know what? I meant it. I just, I, I didn't, nothing was making sense. Mm -hmm. And the, the pain, the wounds, the betrayal, everything, like I was at the end of myself and there was nothing I could do to fix anything. And it seemed like it was getting worse. And so I just, I, I did, I opened my Bible and it was actually Psalm 31. I was praying through Psalm 31. It probably has the most tear stained makeup stains in, on those two pages of any page in my Bible, but I was just praying through Psalm 31 and and then just praying. And I just cried out to the Lord with that prayer and just surrendered. I said, okay, whatever you need to do, just don't let me be the same. And after that, I could never have imagined what lay ahead. Um, what I had been going through, which was really painful, would pale in comparison to what lay ahead. Uh, it was more betrayal, more rejection, and um, more loss, a lot of loss. Uh, I lost my marriage of 21 years. I lost my home church of 33 years um, and almost all of the relationships that went along with being involved in that ministry. I lost my provision, um, my protection, <laughs> my security, my covering. Uh, I lost 95% of all my belongings. It was all gone. And uh, I emerged with just a few personal belongings and uh, my three precious children and a whole lot of pain <laughs> on top of pain on, on top, top of pain, pain. <laughs> on top of pain oh. and yeah um but god I, those are two of my favorite words in the bible um but god and at just the right time uh probably really at the pinnacle of of my pain and um not knowing where to turn uh because at this point i really had not healed much from my past. I had begun some healing, uh, but, and, and I, in my relationship with the Lord during that time, I mean, I, he became my best friend. Like we talk about, um, you know, Jesus is my best friend. God's my best friend. And he's all I need. He's all I need. Is he really, you know, I, I used to sing those songs and I used to think that, but let me tell you something. He wasn't until that time, uh, but he became the one that I, I, I just, I pressed in like a crazy mm -hmm. woman. He, he, and he became all I needed, all I wanted. I could not wait to get up in the morning. And I would get up at four, four thirty in the morning because I needed to press in. He was all I had. And I think you've heard that. I hope I get this statements right. Um, that when you find out that he's all you have, he's all you need, something like that. I probably mm -hmm. bought it up. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Well, I really experienced that because he was all I had. I didn't um, share any of what was going on uh, with people outside. Um, it was just, it was me and God. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he became my best friend during that time, truly my best friend. So 
at just the right time, though, uh, God brought a friend into my life that whom I hadn't seen in about 15 years. And um, she had founded a ministry that's called Love Unveiled. And uh, I hadn't known what was going on in her life during that time. And she certainly had no idea what was going on in, in my world. But Love Unveiled is the purpose of it is to equip and empower women to find their true identity in Christ and, um, and experience transformation and healing and freedom. And when we experience that healing and that freedom, that's when we can minister it to others. Right. Right. And so what God did during that time um, of that horrible wilderness journey, you know, I, I had a heart for ministry and I, I but it was like God put me on a shelf. He said, no, you were ministering out of your brokenness and um, and it was precious. I loved it. I, mean, I loved it. Uh, I'm not sure how much God loved it, but, but I, I I loved it. But and I'm just I'm kind of kidding with that. But um, but it was like God was saying, no, we need to tend to these areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he did. Everything just dried up. Any kind of ministry, and uh, we started tending to those areas of the, of brokenness, really starting from my past. And um, I one of the most powerful prayers that you can pray when you begin a healing journey is uh, just ask the Holy Spirit to shine his light and truth into the deepest places of your heart. Mm. And when you ask him to do that and you give him permission, he will. He loves to answer that prayer. Oh, he does. Mm. And you know what? He'll do it on as what you can handle for that moment, right? (laughs) When you have a lot of pain in your life and a lot of brokenness, a lot of wounds, um, you know, you can't deal with it all at once, right? So it's layer by layer. It's kind of like that onion. You know, it's a layer by layer. And the more you have, the longer, you know, it's going to take. But he began a healing process in my life um, and from the wounds from my past. So as he began that healing and you went through, I'm thinking you went through the love unveiled and had you know, really are the fruit of that ministry. Mm. And then, so, so tell me how you ended up then. Um, Cause that, uh, I'm not sure where I came into the picture. You were still on that healing journey, but, but finding a lot of freedom right. on your way when we met and began to work together. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, when you have a lot to heal from, uh, you know, and mine was uh, kind of, I had my childhood healing that I needed healing from. And then I had my experiences of the last, really the last decade um, of losing everything and losing my marriage. And so there was a lot that needed healing. And so it took me um, a good, um, probably five years of uh, going through my own healing process. And at the same time as I was, uh, went through with love unveiled and I would meet, um, every six months for an intensive weekend. And, uh, but what happens is he was also not just healing me, but he was equipping me in the process. Mm -hmm. And it's a supernatural thing, uh, that happens. And, uh, I had mentioned last week that the, um, the, Actually, I'm not sure if I had mentioned this, but the imagery that is used with Love Unveiled is the imagery of the butterfly and the caterpillar to the butterfly. And because it's an international ministry, um, God gave Liz, the founder of Love Unveiled, the the vision of uh, of the the butterfly, because it's no matter what language you speak, 
you understand the the process and uh, from the caterpillar entering the cocoon and coming out and emerging out of that cocoon, a completely different species insect, right? To, into a beautiful butterfly. And so, yeah, going through that um, healing journey, uh, it brought just such freedom and uh, transformation um, in my life. And it just began to equip me to where now I am able to share that same and walk other women through their deep brokenness and their deep healing. And, um, you know, that prayer that I prayed, Lord, take me through whatever you need to take me through. Uh, don't let me be the same. Well, he answered my prayer. <laughs> wow. um, he transformed me. He set me free. Um, there was really not one part of me that resembled that woman who was laying on that floor that day. I love that. So so circling around now again to the rejection yes. piece, because that was a ongoing, kept popping its head up mm. um, area in your life that continued to really um, affect so many things around you. Yes. And I love what you said when we were talking earlier about most people, all they see is the fruit of rejection and never really address the root of rejection. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that yeah. as we're um, bringing you to bringing us to current because last week you shared a little bit about how God had just recently done a whole right. other layer of mm -hmm. in your life from rejection. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this is this is the good part. This is what excites me the most, I think, right now through this whole um, uh, part of the journey is, you know, I experienced the transformation and the freedom, but the enemy of my soul continued to battle to keep me in bondage. Um, and the only thing that he still had on me was that spirit of rejection, the root of rejection. And so here's, here's the thing. Our need for love and acceptance is so powerful and so strong that when we don't get it, it amplifies that power of rejection in our lives. And the root went so deep in my life, my whole life, I searched and longed for love, for acceptance, because I didn't have it. I was constant, I was constantly, almost constantly rejected on some level, neglected, and I didn't have that. So that root just went deeper and deeper and deeper. And so I spent all of my adult life trying to hide or fix that rotten fruit that it was producing. Mm. And wow. so I'll just some of the fruit and this is certainly not an all inclusive list by any means. Uh, and it's different for all of us. Um, it manifests and the fruit is different for all of us. But I bet there are some on this list uh, that every single one of us can identify with. Um, so here's some of the rotten fruit that the spirit of rejection produces are fear, mm. uh, fear of failure, fear of rejection, worry, like excessive worry. Um, self-loathing, sadness, self-pity, self-condemnation, anger, shame, doubts, worthlessness, depression, self-preservation, and the longing for affirmation. And those are just some of the fruits of rejection. And the problem is, like you said, Athena, we spend so much of our time trying to fix and tend to the rotten fruit when really it's the root mm. that needs tending to. Whoo, that is so 
true. Mm. And I mean, I have personally watched you mm. deal with the root. Yeah. And it blows my mind. So mm. when we deal with the fruit, it's like up and down and up and down. And, you know, yep. one step forward, two steps back. But because we're dealing with the fruit right. instead of the root. Right. Exactly. And, wow. So so tell me how, as we kind of pull mm-hmm. this all together, um, you know, what are some steps that you took okay. that would be steps that others could take if they feel like, oh, this sounds a little bit familiar? Yeah. yeah. And so here's here's the thing. And I do want to take us through a little process, okay, okay. Uh, as we wrap this up. So we, as we said, we have to tend to the root, okay? And we have to ask the Holy Spirit to just reveal uh, to, to you, to, to us, um, when that door was open. There's a verse, it's Psalm 43.3. It um, says, Lord, send out your light and truth. Let them lead me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle or to your dwelling place, right? So it's, a, it's asking that. When I meet with women and begin, as we begin to pray and work through and take their pain to, um, to the foot of the cross, this is a prayer that we pray. I just pray out of Psalm 43.3 and just inviting the Holy Spirit and shine your light and truth because we don't know sometimes, right? And so, uh, but we need it to come out of darkness. As long as it's in darkness, it cannot be um, tended to and healed. So we needed to be brought out of the darkness. So ask him to show you when that door was open, for, when that seed of rejection was planted. Let's go back to the beginning, okay? Mm-hmm. And then what we talked about in the first um, episode, and I hope you all go back and watch the first one because it kind of builds on on this one. But the, the steps, um, the initial steps to take are you confess with your mouth. Just be honest about it. Be honest with how you're feeling. You repent. Um, you forgive those who rejected you, abandoned you, neglected you, spoke words over you, whatever the offense was, you forgive them and then you bless them and then you renounce. And real quick, so repentance is, it's it, that's directed toward God. That's in sorrow. That's humility. That's when you're asking forgiveness, right? The renouncing part is directed more toward the enemy because yep. that's when you're you're making a formal declaration that you are drawing a line in the sand and you are no longer aligning yourself with anything that opposes God mm-hmm. and his word. You're count, canceling out any agreement that you have had with the enemy. So the renouncing part is very important. That um, that kind of like completes the circle yes. of those steps. You have to because the enemy is so active in when you have reject a spirit of rejection that is a an unholy influence that is stirring up every unholy thing in your life and every and those thoughts and everything else i mean so you have to you can got to repent and yes you got to take those other steps but you have to renounce that is so important it is it is. And I, real quickly, also, I want to share this. So one of the things when you're confessing something um, and it's not just about confessing your sin, because you'd wonder, like, um, I experienced horrible abuse. Right. So why would I need to confess anything about abuse? Well, what I had to confess was my unforgiveness. Right. right. So um, so just bringing that and being honest with the Lord. And it might be that you have to confess sin. Right. Because it could have been sin that opened that door. But it was, if it wasn't your sin, it was somebody else's sin that opened the door. 
for the seed to be planted. So, so yeah, those are just the basic steps to go through and give yourself time, take it, do it methodically and just, and prayerfully and mm -hmm. shut out the world, right? You can't just, you can't rush through this process. Mm -hmm. And um, so as you do that, you're going to watch the fruit begin to shrivel up and die. The, the fear is going to shrivel, shrivel up. The, the, uh, the fruit of self-loathing is going to begin to sh shrivel up. Self-pity, anger, all of those things are going to begin to shrivel up. And as the fruit dies, the root is going to die. Mm -hmm. All right. And it's going to be an amazing thing to watch. Now, as that root dies, though, you have to replace that old root with a new root. God's love. Yes. It's the root of his love. And it is so begin to daily meditate on the love of God, mm. because it's more about his love for us than it is about our love for him. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we will always fail in that. It's about his love, his unfailing love for us So meditate on his love for us. And so to wrap it up, I think this is just so important and this kind of takes it to a new level. And I want to show you that this, um, once you follow those other steps, I want to show you what the Apostle Paul talks about um, in two separate uh, passages. Okay. And, and then we'll wrap it up and you can wrap it up with me, um, Athena. So, all right, this is pretty amazing. So first thing is Romans 12 verse 2. Most of us know that verse. Mm -hmm. it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. And then it says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, renewing in that phrase comes from a word that literally means renovate. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Nice. Athena, have you ever renovated anything? Yeah, my kitchen. <laughs> All right. So you're going to relate to this because I also, I renovated an area of our um, old home as well. So years ago, but mm -hmm. here's three things that you can count on with a renovation. It always costs more than you expected. It always takes longer than you expected. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and it hurts a whole lot more than you ever imagined possible. Uh, Am I right? Absolutely. That is so, say that again, those three okay. things. Yeah. So it always costs more than you expected. It takes longer than you expected and it hurts a whole lot more than you ever imagined it would. Mm. Right. So that's the renovation. All right. So that's the process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's and it's a, so a renovation, you can't just um, look at say like your kitchen and if there's rotten beams and, and a rotten, uh, uh, faulty foundation with cracks, you can't just slap something on top of it. Right. Nope. You got to tear it down. You've got to dig out the cracks and make sure everything you've got to lay that foundation, right? The faulty belief systems. So we'll turn this into a spiritual, the faulty belief systems, all of those things. Anything that is rotten, it's got to be torn down, right? Before you can rebuild. You can't just paint a scripture over it no. and say you're good. You're good, right? You can't. You can't. Oh, that's good. You got to strip. So here's what is so great. Um, so 
over in, and here's the key to the deliverance, okay? Paul writes over, and if you, first of all, I love how scripture just ties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you follow, just follow the, what am I trying to say? Follow oh, the thread. Uh, yeah, follow the thread. And um, so just follow it. Okay, so over in Ephesians chapter three, this is part of Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. And it's uh, verses 17 through 19. Paul says this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted, there's the word root, and grounded, the word grounded there literally means foundation, Mm. all right? Being rooted and grounded in love, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. All right. Whoa. I know. So you caught that being rooted and grounded in love. And as I said, in God's love, that the grounded literally means foundation. So as we're renewing, as we're renovating our mind, right, we're uh, stripping down, stripping it all away, digging it out. A new root is springing up and we are laying that new firm foundation of God's love and everything else is built on top of that. Without that foundation, we have rotten fruit. <laughs> yep. Right. And what's amazing is that love is the actual opposite of rejection. Yes. It is exactly yeah. what you need. Right. Yes, it is. And so that is when the old is passed away. All of the yuck, you know, all of the the beams, those rotten beams, the foundation, all of the debris that's remaining, it's all passed away. And that's when all things have become new as Second Corinthians 5 17 says that's when our our heart our soul finally meets up with that perfect spirit that we are that new creation why aren't why don't we act like that new creation immediately when we get saved because we have wounds exactly right so we have to and so it's through this process this healing process that sanctification process but also the healing process that now we're, I've always wondered for years. I didn't understand that verse because I'm like, Lord, I'm a new creation. Why am I not acting like one? <laughs> and that's exact because the foundation was faulty. Right. Exactly. I was a new creation. My spirit was, but my soul had not yet caught mm. up with it because it was still so wounded. Wow. So this will break through that stronghold of rejection in our lives when we tend to that root of rejection and we learn to live loved by God. Mm. We have to learn to live loved by God. And when our need for love and acceptance is rooted in his love, not in the world's love, not in family's love, not in friends, not in other relationships, but in his love. If that is the foundation is his love, mm. then we have experience deliverance. Amen. Yes. And that's a healthy foundation and a it's, emotionally healthy it's spiritually healthy yes it's and and that's when when we're looking for love from him and not from you know who pays us the most attention or who tells us we're special or who or all those things that (laughs) that fail us yeah shelly this was amazing Mm -hmm. girlfriend thank you so good such richness Mm -hmm. i mean one of the notes that i just i mean i was so 
engaged. I didn't even really (laughs) take notes. But the one thing that you said that I loved was brokenness is not, it's something we have. We have brokenness. We aren't, we aren't, that's not what we are. Right. We're not broken. We have brokenness. That's a game changer Mm. right there. Mm. Mm. So good. So good. Mm. Well, you know what, what I would love to do to wrap this up today, rather than say, give us a tip or a tool to help people remember, you know, restoration and redemption and all that God does. I would love for you to just pray over those who are watching. I'd love to. Yes. All right. Oh, so Lord, thank you so, so much for this time uh, and for Athena, who has such a heart for um, for your word and for declaring your word and, and truth um, out to to the masses, to whoever will shall come, Lord, that uh, I just ask that the you would send those uh, that need this, Lord, to um, not because of anything that I've said, not because of anything Athena has said, but because of the power of truth and of your word. And because you came to set us free. You came to heal the brokenhearted. You came to give us a garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. You came to set the captives free. And so many of us are sitting in churches today or sitting in our homes and we don't know what to do. We have brokenness uh, in, in, our, um, in our hearts and in our, uh, our souls, Lord. So I just ask right now, any within the sound of my voice, that you would shine your light and truth into each heart and mind, that you would draw them to yourself, that they would come to an understanding, a deeper understanding that they would know how loved they are by you, Mm. that that is the foundation of everything that you want to dig up that root of rejection and replace it with the root of your love. And then the fruit that will be produced as a result will be the fruit of joy, peace, patience, long suffering, all of the fruit of the spirit. So I just thank you, Lord. And we just commit this to you. Touch them as my prayer. Men and women around the globe, would they just be set free as a result, is my prayer. Thank you, Lord. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Shelly, for being with us for part two on this. It's such an important topic. You wrapped it up perfectly mm-hmm. great action steps great i mean great prayers to mm-hmm. to really pour out the the prayers that god loves to answer and so i'm just super excited to see what god's going to do in using this message mm-hmm. in just over the holiday season now we've got a couple weeks yes. of a little bit of downtime for people so they actually have an opportunity to maybe linger a little bit and kind of yeah. delve in to where God wants to shine his light. Yes. And delve in, but also over the holidays, they this might be very real to them where they experience the rejection. And um, so, yeah. Being aware, Be aware. of the trigger of what people might say and, and just be prayed up. Yes. Don't go into any of those situations without praying and putting right. your armor on mm. and being ready. Amen. 
Well, thank all right. you all for joining us today for Redeemed and Restored. See you next week. Mm-hmm. Bye for now. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast, brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.